This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Join the conversation and message Buck on Facebook, Instagram, or email teambuck at iheartmedia.com. He may read it on the show. Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hut. We've got Biden defending the dissolution of Afghanistan, all the madness we're seeing playing out at the Kabul airport, and just the overall decision he's made here to end the war in Afghanistan. Plus, COVID boosters for everyone now, exactly as I told you it would be the case, and now they're admitting it. They are saying the quiet part out loud. de Blasio talks about the key to NYC program, which goes into effect this week. New Zealand goes into lockdown over one COVID case, and we'll get into some more uh, odds and ends if we have time. But first, I've got to tell you, the Wall Street game is a tough one. And if you don't know what you're doing, you could lose money and it just becomes frustrating. But if you've got expertise, you can do really well, especially in the market these days. People are just piling money into different stocks and ETFs. That's why you need carnivore trading. Carnivore trading brings elite backgrounds in Wall Street finance to your fingertips because Carnivore is an anonymous team of elite strategists. And they're legends among Wall Street heavy hitters who've gone a bit rogue. For the first time ever, they're inviting everyday folks like you and me to see and mirror their explosive trades. Sound too good to be true? Carnivore will let you see the trades they're making right now for two weeks free. Go to GetOurTrades.com and use promo code BUCK for two free weeks. And if you join, you'll get Carnivore's industry-leading promise. You'll generate three times your fees after your annual paid subscription, or you'll get a 100% refund. Go to GetOurTrades.com, promo code BUCK. That's GetOurTrades.com, promo code BUCK. See website for guaranteed terms and conditions, past performance, not a guarantee of future earnings. Biden gave his speech. He came out of, I was going to say retirement. That's not quite, although that would make sense. He came out of vacation to give a speech in which he basically said, look, I made the right call. Yeah, maybe it happened a little faster than we thought it would, but, uh, you know, tough. And he's saying that, he takes responsibility insofar as it's other people who are really responsible for this. He takes responsibility by pointing the finger at the Afghans, by pointing the finger, of course, at Trump. We all knew that was going to happen. Here he is, first off, just getting the main point across here, which is that this is the right call, as, as though the issue isn't the way the withdrawal has been done. Uh, The American people, by a solid majority, want the U.S. to end its military presence in Afghanistan. Trump wanted to do it. Biden is doing it. We all know that. But the catastrophe that's unfolding on the ground in Afghanistan did not have to happen this way. Here he is. Play clip one. After 20 years, I've learned the hard way that there was never a good time to withdraw U.S. forces. That's why we're still there. We were clear eyed about the risk. We plan for every contingency, but I always promise the American people that I will be straight with you. The truth is, this did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. So what's happened? Afghanistan political leaders gave up and fled the country. The Afghan military collapsed, sometime without trying to fight. If anything, the developments of the past week reinforced that ending U.S. military involvement in Afghanistan now was the right decision. American troops cannot and should not be fighting in a war and dying in a war that Afghan forces are not willing to fight for themselves. Now, let me just say that's a that's a slander. 
right there. At, at some level, I mean, to suggest the Afghans were not willing to fight at all, the Afghans were taking thousands of KIA a year and have been for years now. So it's t- to suggest that they aren't willing, they weren't willing to fight in that broad and sweeping tone, I think is is unfair to those Afghans who were willing to fight, and, and many of them fought and died, but because Biden pulled out in the way that he did with the speed that he did, anybody who saw what was going on here would say, well, without air cover, we're, we're done. And that was the decision that a lot of them made. They decided to just melt away into the population. A lot of them are going to be killed, are being killed right now, as you know, being executed by the Taliban. But I think it's interesting that Biden's you know, pointing the finger. Yeah, of course, there are a lot of Afghans who, who turned, uh, you know, became turncoats, went to the other side, didn't want to fight. But there were some Afghans who were willing to fight. And Biden throws them under the bus, too, right away. Just, you know, they, they won't fight at all. OK, I, I think that's too that's sweeping. Here, here's actually a buddy of mine, Matt Zeller, who was on MSNBC making this point to Brian Williams who seemed just totally uh, dumbstruck. I wish we could have seen more of Brian Williams' face while my buddy Matt, who I've known now for, gosh, Matt and I go back 15 years. Wait, more than that, 20 years? No, 15 years. We go back 15 years. Anyway, here he is on MSNBC, play 10. He owned it. He owned his decision. He owned the fact that, as he put it, the buck stops with him. I hope he gets to own their deaths, too. I, I don't. I feel like I watched a different speech than the rest of you guys. I was appalled. There was such a profound, bold-faced lie in that speech. The idea that we plan for every contingency. I have been personally trying to tell this administration since it took office. I've been trying to tell our government for years that this was coming. We sent them plan after plan on how to evacuate these people. Nobody listened to us. They didn't plan for the evacuation of our Afghan wartime allies. They're trying to conduct it now at the 11th hour. The thing that they were most concerned about was the optics of a chaotic evacuation. Well, they got exactly what they were most concerned of by failing to do what was right when we could have done it. We had all the people and equipment in place to be able to save these people months ago, and we did nothing. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he laid into it, as you can tell. And uh, this is this is an area that I just think we have to focus in on the facts and the truth. And uh, Matt there goes. He also went to town on the whole the Afghans wouldn't fight thing. He takes. So I'll tell you why Matt takes that. So personally, he served. I know him. He served in the army over there. And he credits uh, his interpreter with directly saving his life at least once. He says maybe twice, depending on how you count it, but at least once. So, you know, there are there are people that I know who feel very strongly that and I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit uh, off on my own on this one sometimes in conservative media. I'm hearing a lot of people disagree with this. But, you know, you shake your you shake a man's hand, you look him in the eye, and you say, you know, we're making a pact. I give you my word. You keep that. And so that that's just how I feel. I, I think it's a point of honor. And that's why I see so many of these veterans who are coming forward and saying the guys who fought with us, who who took up arms alongside us and were promised that they would be uh, they would be brought to the U.S. in exchange for their service to this country. Uh, we we owe them. And I think that's I'm sorry. I, I think, like I said, you shake a man's hand, you look him in the eye, you say this is the deal. You keep your end of the deal. Um, but, yeah, clearly the dissolution 
of the Afghan National Army effectively in the last couple of weeks is a total a total disaster. Um, and so Biden has to find some way to make it about somebody else. And this is where he starts blaming Trump for it all. Play two. When I came into office, I inherited a deal that President Trump negotiated with the Taliban. Under his agreement, U.S. forces would be out of Afghanistan by May 1, 2021, just a little over three months after I took office. U.S. forces had already drawn down during the Trump administration from roughly 15,500 American forces to 2,500 troops in country. And the Taliban was at its strongest militarily since 2001. The choice I had to make as your president was either to follow through on that agreement or be prepared to go back to fighting the Taliban in the middle of the spring fighting season. You know, he's presenting this as though he was handcuffed by Trump's decisions before him. But is that the case with any other area of Biden's foreign policy? Is that ever the case with a president that you're really on foreign policy issues locked in? It's not a Senate treaty, right? There's not some constitutional issue. Plus, look what Biden did on Iran and on climate change, these other things. He didn't say, my predecessor, he's a bad guy, orange man bad, and here we are. But what else is Biden going to tell you? I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, that's that would have been truthful, but he's not going to to say that. Um, things are going to get really ugly right now, and they are. It's already happening. You're just not seeing that much of it because you know the Taliban. There'll be videos released of them saying, "Oh, we we want to." This is just straight wartime propaganda. Oh, we want to make sure that. Everyone knows, this is the Taliban now, that we're not going to have reprisal killings. We're not going to do these things. Um, but they're killing people left and right. And there are atrocities and there are already stories about uh, Taliban fighters taking, you know, forcibly taking, quote, wives. They're sex slaves. They're not wives. And in some cases, we're talking about Taliban, uh, Taliban fighters who are effectively uh, pedophiles. That's, that's what we're actually talking about here. Uh, who are who are pedophiles? I mean, that that's what's going on. They're saying, you know, wives. But when you're taking uh, girls as wives at the ages that are being reported right now, but the Taliban's a bunch of of sick fundamentalist weirdos. I mean, this is where we are. I mean, they're bad guys. They are the bad guys. They have been all along, and we're going to see that unfortunately uh, play out in Afghanistan. It is playing out right now, and and the U.S. government is reduced to this. You know, oh, wait, hold on. You mean you mean that you're not going to put your gender pronoun, your preferred pronouns in your Taliban Twitter bios? Wait a second. What's going on? We we want you to be nice. Be nice, Taliban. That's what the uh, State Department, which is is honestly has always been full of, of feckless, worthless bureaucrats. I mean, there are some good people at state. Obviously, I've known some, but they're one in ten. The State Department is one, you know, is is 10 percent great, worthwhile people who just happen to love inter- international relations, uh, you know, 20, 30 percent people who actively despise America and wish that they had citizenship, I think, from some other place. You know, the the international community could give them citizenship. And so what are we at? 40 percent now and then 60 percent people who just show up because they just want to get a paycheck from the federal government and not do anything and. That's the State Department for you, just so you know. It, it is a vast broth of sloth. 
but here's uh, another guy who's actually an old, old uh, associate uh, buddy of mine, Mister Ned Price. Uh, I haven't seen or spoken to Ned in in a long time. Matt, Matt and I were just Matt Zeller and I were just texting uh, last night about his appearance on MSNBC. Ned, uh, I haven't I haven't spoken to Ned since he wrote that op ed saying that he was a a professional government analyst, and then it came out that he had given all this money to uh, to the Obama campaign, of course, or, or the Hillary campaign. I can't even remember now which one it was. Now it was pretty funny. Anyway, here he is. Place seven. The U.N. Security Council issued a joint press statement earlier today calling for a new government that is united, inclusive and representative, including with the full and full and meaningful participation of women. The council spoke with one voice to underscore that Afghanistan must abide by its international obligations, including to international humanitarian law and ensure the safety and security of all Afghans and international citizens. Yeah, they're really going to be shaking in their bare feet about that one, the Taliban. Oh, no, what are we going to do? The uh, the State Department spokesperson says we have to be inclusive and representative in our government. I mean, come on, folks. We all we all see exactly what this is. We all see exactly what's what's happening. Um, But at the end of the day, Biden's straight up saying, yep, I did it. Whatever happens, happens. Sure, it looked ugly. Sure, it looked uh, haphazard. But he's telling you that he, he wouldn't really change all that much. Happened more rapidly than they anticipated. That was the biggest admission he had. Play three. There was no agreement protecting our forces after May 1. There was no status quo of stability without American casualties after May 1. There was only a cold reality of either following through on the agreement withdraw our forces or escalating the conflict and sending thousands more American troops back into combat in Afghanistan, lurching into the third decade of conflict. I stand squarely behind my decision. Stands squarely behind his decision, he says. But it's also Trump's fault and the the, uh, Afghans for not fighting. I mean, yeah, the Afghans decided uh, in large measure not to continue the fight but this notion that there was never a will to fight that that was what i was reacting to before and i know i, I talked to uh to my buddy matt zeller about that and we he he feels very strongly that there were some af you know we're, we're painting with a very broad brush with the uh, afghan national security forces at this point but it's it's done folks it's over i mean the war the war's over i mean we got six thousand troops to essentially keep uh, the airport going as it is so we can get the last evacuees out. But unless the Taliban does something really crazy, which they could certainly do, provide safe harbor for Al-Qaeda or some other group, ISIS, whatever, and conduct a large-scale terror attack, I, I think we can all see that this uh, this war, the war in Afghanistan, is is done. But you know how Plato says only the dead have seen the end of war? Afghanistan hasn't seen the end of war. That's for sure. I wish I could say otherwise, but what's going to happen there now? There will be a, a a cleansing, an ethnic cleansing, a, a a gender, a an oppression mechanism or oppression machinery used here, and they'll also go after Hazaras, who are an ethnic minority there, and others. But the the kind of brutality that will be on display 
is going to uh, turn the world's stomach for a long time to come. But this is the decision that has been made, and at least we are ending an endless war. That is that is true, although I do worry that we could end up being brought back into it at some point in the future, which would really, I mean, just imagine that possibility. Just imagine that that could happen. Uh, we're going to talk about COVID, lockdowns, and shots and boosters and all that in a second. But first, you know, I'm on Locals. I want to introduce you to Locals.com. You should know about this. Because social media platforms would simply not exist if not for the content creators that we all love and support. Well, these platforms would be empty without that great content. But the platforms often, as you know, have ultimate control over creators' content and what the audience sees. Locals.com thinks this is crazy. So they've built the first social media platform that champions the true heroes of social media, the creators. It's great because the creators have total ownership and control over their content. Locals.com is a platform that doesn't subject everyone to algorithms that put the platform's needs before the audience's desires. They put the power in the people's hands with no censorship. There are so many wonderful creators on Locals.com. I encourage you to visit and join. I just started my community, Team Buck. That's right. I'm posting my content with no censorship. Supporters and fans can post, too, being interactive with the creator. Be sure and visit Locals.com. I'm excited for you to visit me at BuckSexton.Locals.com for some great content. Again, go now. Please sign up today. Become a member. Become a supporter. Locals.com is the website. But just go to this site, BuckSexton.Locals.com. That's BuckSexton.Locals.com. De Blasio is an odious moron, mayor of New York, but he is going even beyond my wildest dreams to try to ruin New York City. Uh, It's stunning to watch this happen. But here he is announcing that now we've got these Vax passports in effect in America's largest city. Play 12. This is absolutely strategic to say to people to fully participate in the life of the city and to love and enjoy this city. Go get vaccinated. Uh, We believe it's going to make a huge impact. We're obviously seeing a real uptick in vaccinations already. We made a decision weeks and weeks ago. The whole ballgame is vaccination. And once you make that kind of profound strategic decision, you throw everything you got at it. Uh, We are not interested in half measures. We're interested in vaccination. So making vaccination something that allows you to enjoy all that's good in life. Straight up vax mandate. That's what this is. And I told you, and, and, I, and by the way, I, I got messages from some of you team. And remember, always send me your thoughts at facebook.com slash Buck Sexton or team Buck at iHeartMedia.com. I got some of your messages. People were upset when I when I told them that I got the vaccine. And to that, I just say, yeah, I held out as long as I possibly realistically could in a sea of blue lunacy. But what am I going to do, folks? You know, have, are, are you going to fly or are you going to put on a mask? Well, you could say you're going to be an anti-masker, but they're going to kick your butt off the plane and bar you from ever flying that airline again. Right? They understand these mechanisms of control. This is why I've said use what you can, do what you can, where you can, but don't suffer extreme consequences on your own because you're not going to actually be able to affect the change that you want. It's not worth it. So, yeah, ask a st- ask a, a storekeeper or, you know, a clerk or whatever, uh, or make them ask you to put your mask on, but don't 
you know, go sit on your uh, your JetBlue flight or even worse, your Spirit Airlines flight and sit down and say, I'm not masking because masking is dumb. You'd be right. You'd be correct. But they will call security. They will drag you off and they will bar you from flying that airline forever. And I, I'm starting to think that they may. I wonder if they already do this. You think the airlines wouldn't share that data? It's almost like a blacklist for flying, right? Not allowed to fly. So at some point, the force of the state becomes too much. They are forcing compliance. That's what they're doing in New York. They're, they're doing it now in L.A., in San Francisco, in New Orleans. So, yeah, they, they made me make a choice. Go to your – I've only got two brothers, okay? Go to one of my, my brother's weddings or uh, – refused to get the shot that was the choice that was it what was i gonna do i was gonna show up and argue with the wedding venue people they're gonna have security posted at the entrance to the venue checking that's what they've told us now you could say oh but they won't really do that um it's my brother's wedding day do you think i want to roll the dice on that but so this is what we're facing now the things they said they wouldn't do they're doing and yeah i agree i am furious that I had to get a shot over this. I am furious that I'm vac because there was no need for me to get vaccinated. I have natural immunity. It was completely dumb. But they found a way. You know, I, I live in New York City. It was the same thing when I eventually started wearing a mask in the elevators in my building. Well, I don't want to get evicted over this. I mean, I've made my point. This is dumb. But there are too many, too many people out there are cowards. Too many people out there won't do they. First of all, they can't think for themselves. They won't think for themselves and they refuse to take even minimal action like stop wearing masks outside. I mean, that's the we're still in that phase with a lot of people in New York. There's a mask mandate back in my building. I'm supposed to be wearing. I don't again because there they can yell at me or I can get an angry email from uh, management, but I'm not going to be arrested. Right. There's a difference. You've got to do what you can do that's and take commensurate uh, punishment or consequences. But don't just become a don't become a mask martyr. It's just not going to end up working out, uh, working out for any of us on an individual basis, at least. And you could say, well, Buck, we need mass noncompliance. Is not what you say? And I said, yeah, but noncomply where you can. Right. I, I wish I could say we could have mass noncompliance about taxes. But if you're the first one to do that, you're just going to go to federal prison and no one's going to remember your whole mass noncompliance thing. So that's why organization is important and the narrative overall is important, too. And you see now they're saying there's going to be booster shots already. They're, they're recommending booster shots for everyone in America eight months after their first uh, booster shot experience. That's what they're saying. They're they're recommending it. And you know that the recommendation is going to turn into a mandate because that's what happens every time. That's the situation. So I'm telling you right now, they're going to mandate boosters. What do you think is going to happen when the people who have been completely insane about this all along find out that, yeah, it turns out that what I've been saying uh, here and also on the on the Clay and Buck show where we talk about uh, masks and, and all this a lot and COVID in general. We had Alex Berenson on a couple of times now. Berenson, when it comes to the Israeli data that he kept citing and vaccines beginning to fail in effectiveness, he was correct. He was right. That's why we need boosters, everybody, okay? We're not idiots. We understand the vaccine's protective 
uh, effects fades rapidly. This is much more similar to a flu shot than they led us to believe. That's where we are right now. I understand a lot of you are going to say, all right, well, you know, the, the people that already got the vax, they're going to get a booster. But what I'm here to tell you is that, no, no, as their vaccination protection declines, they're going to be even more insane. Don't you see? The Biden administration has already talked about vax passports for everyone for flying, for interstate travel. Now, you could say, well, they can't do that with cars, only with planes and trains. Okay, yeah, but they can bar you from flying. That's a pretty annoying, pretty big deal, isn't it? And if you're relying on the courts, I mean, yeah, I I think uh, there's a congresswoman, Nicole Maliotakis, is bringing a lawsuit against the New York City Vax passport. I got my brother's wedding this week. So unless a judge puts forward an injunction in the next few days, it's not going to help me. And, and who knows, what judge do you think is going to want to want to do that? And I, I just saw today, I mean, there's data that shows a, a pretty solid majority of the American people, at least according to polls. You could tell me the polls are crap, and I'd say maybe you're right. I, I don't know. But the polls show that people believe, a majority of Americans believe in masking up their kids. I just talked to uh, Matt Walsh yesterday here of The Daily Wire, and I, it was amazing to hear him tell me, that because I had always assumed that the vast majority, I knew there were some people who just can't understand statistics, risks, numbers, are, are just not very bright, and they think that their children are going to die of COVID. But I always assumed it was the fear of children giving it to adults that was motivating the masking in school situation. But no, there are actually a lot of adults who really think, there are parents who think that their their little five-year-old or their eight-year-old is going to die unless every kid around them is masked. And here's Dr. Lena Wynn, who was the chief butcher of Planned Parenthood for a while, so don't expect her to have any ethics, morality, or decency. But here she is on masks in schools on CNN. Play 11. Why wouldn't we want every single tool at our disposal to help to keep our children safe at this point? I mean, we wouldn't imagine bringing together 20, 30 unvaccinated adults, putting them in a single room together the entire day and have them not wear masks. Why would we say that that's okay for our children? They're never going to stop. They're never going to stop. We have to stop them. Otherwise, you can just accept that we're heading toward a society where there's so much what I what I would just describe as mass mental illness that we have to live based on the fears of people who have no ability to gauge these risks for themselves. You see what's going on in New Zealand. New Zealand has gone into a lockdown over one COVID case, one. So now you got a you got a few million people, give or take, who can't go about their normal lives because there's one case of a disease that has a ninety nine point seven you know survival rate. One case in Australia. They're they're saying that you cannot take your mask off while drinking alcohol outdoors. What is wrong with these people? How have they become? Honestly, they're just such deluded cowards. What is going on? I mean, at some point, can't they just see that there are trade-offs to live your life? I had to go through all of this idiocy during the COVID lockdowns in New York, all the masks and the distancing and the put your feet here and don't stand there and wash your hands a million times a day. 
Still got COVID. Just like pretty much everybody else I know right now. Still got COVID. So what do they really think they're doing with this? It's pathetic. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a pandemic of low testosterone or something, but you have all these guys in particular that I see from, uh, you know, in, in the media and in, in American politics, and they're all going, you know, oh, you know, what if I get COVID? I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, we could die from any number of things. You could die every time you get into a car. You don't cry about it all the time. But the media has just been able to hit the panic centers of people's brains with this stuff. It's it's and it's really affecting us. New York has never really reopened. These cities have not actually fully recovered. They're not back to normal, not even close. And now they've got vaccine mandates. I mean, I just know New York the best. But even here in I'm going to tell you, I'm in Nashville right now, even here in Nashville. Some of the Ubers that I get into guys uh, have a mask on. I've had people ask me to mask up in the Uber. It's not it's not gone. It's not like it doesn't exist here. You go to the airport. Same thing. And I, I try to tell everybody, and I think there was a little bit too much of this uh, sense of separation of, oh, I'm in a state where it's normal around me. It's like, well, the federal government's coming for you, too, with this stuff. This isn't just a New York City problem or just a Los Angeles or a Chicago or an Atlanta problem. So I, I'm, I'm not going to give up the fight. I'm going to fight against the mandates. No one is more, No one is more pissed off than I am about my having to get a shot that I don't need. I can assure you of that. No one is more annoyed than me. So I, while I got, I got your emails and your messages saying you're disappointed or, you know, how could I or whatever, trust me, I really didn't want to. But, you know, what, the alternative was to kick myself forever for being absent from my, my little brother's wedding. And they, they, found my, uh, they found a pressure point. And they're finding them for all of us. So what we have to do is take the power away from them to find the pressure points, not just say, yeah, just suffer. Just keep suffering. You know, keep getting thrown off of airplanes. That'll make them stop. No, that actually won't make them stop. We need to take the power from them to do these things. That's the only way that it really stops. Um, so that's where I am on all that stuff, team. I appreciate uh, your thoughts, though, on it. And obviously, you can tell I'm pretty fired off about it. I love Mike Lindell's My Pillow products, uh, and his his team has really done it, uh, done an amazing job uh, with the the new stuff they're coming out with all the time. I mean, I've got the mattress topper, the Giza Dream sheets, I've got my towels, I've got my slippers. My slippers are so comfortable on your feet. By the way, if you're not a slipper guy or gal, you got to try them. They're, it's a game changer. You feel so nice walking around your house. Go outside, get your newspaper. Your feet are so comfy. The Giza Dream sheets are also the best sheets I've ever had. I mean, I've got three pairs of them now. I just keep cycling them uh, on my bed because they feel so good. My Pillow is an amazing company. Mike Lindell is a true patriot. He doesn't bend the knee to cancel culture, and he wants to give back to all of you. Right now, you can get great discounts on My Pillow products by going to mypillow.com and clicking on the Radio Listener Special Square. You'll see rotational offers up to 66% off on products like their pillows, mattress topper, and Giza sheets but also new products like their slippers, weighted blankets, robes, waffle blankets, and more. All MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Enter promo code BUCK for these great radio specials. That's promo code BUCK. Uh, all, all MyPillow products, again, 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special square, and enter promo code BUCK. All right, that's going to be it for me today here from the Freedom Hunt Nashville, where I'm... Uh, I actually got some great barbecue yesterday, so that's always the thing I look forward to the most about this place. 
Uh, but I'll be back with you tomorrow from here. And uh, please do go to bucksaxon.locals.com. Become a supporter there. More posts coming your way. And back tomorrow, Shields High.